Ivan knows best. Welcome everybody to Ivy Knows Best. I am Eric Ivy, your host, and today we're here with a very special guest of mine, a fellow podcaster in the game, and someone who is very much so an inspiration not only to me as a podcaster, but also to others. Miss Miracle, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing day today. Well, I'm glad to have you here. For all those who don't know, Miss Miracle does have a podcast, and this is her very first time here on <laughs> Ivy Knows Best, right? Yes. Having the conversation with yours truly. And we're just going to, you know, just kick off some, you know, some regular conversations. So, Miracle, how are you today? And explain to people who you are. All right. Um, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. I am Miracle Deja. I am the host of Truly Beautiful podcast, um, also held on Anchor. I am a business owner of Trooper LLC, which is a business that helps youth um, discover who they are and reach their full potential and utilize their voice in a creative way. We utilize performing arts to help kids express themselves. And so that's something I've been dealing with um, lately during this pandemic and just continuing to be a full-time student, um, obtaining my master's of social work. So it's busy, busy. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's, and that's good. It's good. I'm glad we have an educator also here on, on the podcast yes. because what happens is, you know, the influence that you have on people and on our children is very important and cause our children are opposite of future. So yes. <clears throat> we want to thank you and congratulate you on that. Also, um, want to take time to congratulate you on all your, uh, success recently and also on you know building your business platform and entrepreneurship so congratulations on on those endeavors now i do have a question for you mm-hmm. all right because you know we were having a conversation the other day mm-hmm. and we were going over you know what we're we going to talk about like, all that, <laughs> right? like yeah like the regular you know podcasting business side of everything <laughs> and you know you kind of figure out what you and your guests want to talk about but we're not going to do that today right you know what i mean we're going right. to talk about some of those things but we're not going to do them all all right, right so you know, one of the main things that uh, I think or I find very interesting about, you know, you as an individual is that you're only what, like about 23, 24 ish. Yes. <laughs> and you've completed so many amazing things. Like so for all our ladies out there, this is a female entrepreneur. All right. Who's mm-hmm. got all her business getting her business off the ground because I had one prior uh, mm-hmm. friend of mine by the name of Miss Nicole Harvin. So if you had opportunity to check out the show, then you mm-hmm. probably, you know, check out and see, you know, a bit of what she does as well. Yeah. Um, but. You know, what makes you as a female entrepreneur keep going and stay focused and, 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 and keep driving? And also, what are some of the some of the hurdles you've had? You know, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> right um, off the bat, we get started. Yes, right? go ahead and dive right in. I love it. Um, I would say as a female entrepreneur, um, besides my faith, because my faith keeps me grounded in everything that I do, I know I have a purpose. And so I choose to live and walk in it. And I can't sleep if I don't do that. Um, And so just uh, besides that, also my family, they're always, you know, supporting me and continuing to encourage me. Even when I feel like giving up, they're like, no, remember your why, which is something I tell people all the time is remember your why. It's something we talk about in social work. It's something we talk about in education. Um, it's, it's really important to remember why you're setting out to do these things. What is your purpose? What is the reason you started doing what you're doing? Like what sparked this, uh, 
this drive anyways. And so for me, I go back to when I was an undergrad and um, a situation happened, a riot broke out, and that is what sparked my why. Not to say like before that I didn't have this drive because I always imagined doing a hundred things from the time I was a little girl. I always said I was going to be doing a hundred different jobs, and here I am doing a hundred different jobs. So <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> just constantly, you know, reminding myself of these things and just pushing through and some hurdles that I've had, obviously the biggest one that's most evident to everybody is COVID-19. Um, mm. I don't know, like, I think I was talking to you before about it. I don't know what possessed me to start a business in the middle of a pandemic, but something got a hold of me and was like, do it. And then I couldn't shake it. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it afraid. And here I am. <laughs> so, you know, now I'm just trying to get the engagement up, trying to get people involved and partner with different people uh, such as yourself and other people that I've had the pleasure of meeting and doing interviews with. And so that's where I'm at now. <laughs> right, right. And you know, you know, and I, I think it speaks a lot about, you know, faith in yourself. You know, I think yeah. a lot of not only podcasting, but a lot of, you know, creating business and creating content and whatever entrepreneurship or entrepreneur endeavors that people do kind of look to. You know, it all mm -hmm. comes down to having faith in yourself, right? So, like, you know, sometimes the climate isn't completely correct, but mm -hmm. you're already out there. So, I mean, if right. that's something you can shake and you need to do it. I'm glad you actually stepped out on that faith that you, you know, that you spoke on. And right. um, that only proves that, you know, that, you know, you were destined to do something. Now, now I do want to step back a little bit because you said something mm -hmm. uh, regarding riots. Now, mm -hmm. I do feel like this. Now, obviously, I want to separate the two mm -hmm. things that I'm about to say. All right. Mm -hmm. I want to say this. Black Lives Matter movement is amazing. Right. Absolutely. Amazing. Glad, you know, glad that, you know, we're getting to a point where we're where we're talking more about what we need to do. Right. Yeah. And, and, and how our lives should be important to those who are uh, conducting law enforcement, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel a little bit of a way. I do feel like there are people who are out there right now who are hijacking the movement. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. extreme. Like, like, let's talk a little bit about that. How do you feel about those who are hijacking the movement, so to speak? <laughs> like, like, what, um, like, what are your, what are your, what are your views on that? Yeah. So, funny, funny story. So, I posted a a post on my Facebook because you know I I just post random thoughts uh, to get feedback for my personal podcast, and I do have another podcast with other co-hosts as well. And so, mm -hmm. I just put little things on my Facebook, and it had something to do with July Fourth and Native Americans and Black people, and you know how some people celebrate, some people don't. And I just wanted people's feedback on what they what their thoughts were and somebody came at me um I don't know what her purpose was but <laughs> all she kept saying was black lives matter and I said okay sis I agree all right, black right. lives matter you know male female lgbtqia plus uh kids children teens you know all black lives matter I agree but that wasn't the premise of the statement and mm -hmm. she was like like I said black lives matter I'm like okay, cool. But if you don't have anything of substance to say, you're not really saying anything because right. at the end of the day, you can scream black lives matter all day long, but if you're not actually doing anything about it, you, are you contributing to the problem? Or are you, um, you know, changing it? 
I don't think you're changing it. So to me, I just think it's uh, causing a greater divide when people try to hijack something that they really don't know anything about. And it's annoying because the whole premise is to unify the community and not divide us because for so long, you know, going way back to slave times, we were already divided by the masters. And now in our own community, it seems as though uh, people who try to hijack this idea is uh, they're separating themselves from the movement itself and then separating themselves from the community. And then it's a whole bigger problem um, because, you know, I'm not I'm not against anybody in my community. So the fact that we literally couldn't just have a civil conversation because you didn't want to broaden your your uh, aspect or your mind and, you know, have a conversation about whatever the heck it was that I posted is like, okay, how are we going to evoke change if we can't even talk to each other? And so for me, that that's just a problematic situation because it, it shouldn't be hijacked. Like, right. <laughs> there's no reason for it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's crazy? I feel like a piece of the hijacking, and this is just, you know, I know we talked a little bit about this, but this is something mm-hmm. I wanted to say. A piece of the hijacking really comes from these big-time entities as well as just mm-hmm. us regular people. So, yeah. like, what I mean by these big-time entities, I mean, like, the NFL mm-hmm. and those type of people. Who are mm-hmm. who I feel are doing pandering to the things that we've asked, you know, the government to do or mm-hmm. uh, lo- our local government, so to speak, to do. So, for yeah. example, we've asked for people to, especially in Louisville, Kentucky, hey, arrest the guys who've killed Breonna Taylor. Yeah, right. Please. <laughs> it's been it's been more than ninety days. Now we've seen yes. the first forty. We've seen the first forty eight lock up African Americans or mm-hmm. anybody for that matter. Uh, mm-hmm. within 48 hours or it's a cold case there's yeah. no way that we have a cold case when it's involving or that we should have a cold case that's involving the police department right 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 so the nfl giving us a lift every voice before you play the national anthem allowing people to kneel coming mm-hmm. out with statements i feel like that also hijacks the movement a little bit because yeah. they're not asked they're not answering or doing anything that we asked them to do they're doing mm-hmm. all the things that they should have been doing in the first place. In the first place, right. And they're expecting us just to walk around and just be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's okay. I'll take a lift every voice. Now, listen, I'm I'm be honest with you. I don't even know the lyrics to lift every voice. Okay? Y'all, <laughs> yeah. can, y'all, can, y'all can ding me on, on the scorecard all you want. I don't know the lyrics. And that and, and, and a national anthem doesn't mean anything to me. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I want justice for somebody who <laughs> whose life has been taken senselessly right and and you haven't given me that the only right. thing you've given me is oh you can kneel the, their national anthem yeah we support yeah. that yeah colin kaepernick was right well we yeah. knew all that stuff in the first yeah. place yeah. we don't need you to tell us what we already know <laughs> right we don't need the validation <laughs> right right right, right. The, the only way the only validation we need from y'all is for y'all to show us you know that same respect mm-hmm when it comes down to us really getting the social justice NFL, yes. if you really want to help put your billions of dollars behind the social mm-hmm. reform and coming down to getting someone arrested for the, for that murder, especially right. for the one for Breonna Taylor. Right. You know, don't, don't come to the table now and be like, ah, you know what? Yeah. Black lives do matter. Okay. Yeah. But only thing yeah. you're doing right now is just telling us that you now believe what we've been already telling you. Exactly. And to piggyback off what you just said, because I think that's important. I also talked about this last night, actually, with uh, my other co-host. And 
we were talking about how oftentimes when situations as this often happens, um, things often get pacified. And so it's like, okay, we'll feed you a bone. And then, you know, so you could shut up and then something else happens. We'll feed you another bone so you could shut up. And I feel like that's exactly what's going on when uh, you talk about things like lift every voice during uh, football games. You know, what would be a bigger statement is if the football players didn't play for the white man that owns yeah. the team, <laughs> that would be a bigger statement. And then taking the money to back uh, the police station and help defund the police station and dismantle the corruption and then mm -hmm. fight for them to be arrested. That's what would make a bigger impact. Not y'all saying, okay, you're allowed to kneel. That's not doing anything for me. Uh, NBA players are talking about not playing this season. So I'm just trying to figure out why it is that we constantly accept the pacification of issues instead of constantly fighting for what is right, period. Because some, because some people would take a stimulus to, uh, you know, to a situation, you know, and just yeah. accept it. Now, me personally, now, now, I don't believe in defunding the police. Yeah. I do believe in doing an overhaul of the system and who we hire. Yeah. Because uh, there's no, there's no reason why. Like, because I, I agree, law enforcement is needed. Yes, it is. Because yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't trust people to to police themselves completely yeah you know even though i do believe that okay there are certain certain situations where you don't need law enforcement there are certain yeah. situations where you it's can you know it's, yeah it's not necessary the presence isn't there but yeah. i also believe that you know because i don't believe in complete lawlessness i do mm -hmm. believe that we do need to keep a certain element of law enforcement and get rid mm -hmm. of the other element mm -hmm. that's the part that i agree with now now, yeah. now saying that to say this back to the whole pacification thing mm-hmm a lot of us, and not me or you or anybody who might be listening, but maybe mm -hmm. people who don't listen to this podcast or or whatever, mm -hmm. they're accepting something that says, okay, we're good. Now, I am a big-time NFL fan. I love mm -hmm. the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a fan. I watch football. That's what I do. <laughs> yes, I playing, right? So with that <laughs> being the case, I'm going to rock, and I'm like, hey, listen, let them play. But at the same time, you know, put your money where your mouth is, because yeah. I don't think the NFL came out with any of these statements or, or cared enough about any of this stuff until it started hitting their pocket, until yeah. their pocket and the people, their pockets start getting hurt and the people that represent them start exactly. really having an issue. Right. So the Washington Redskins mm -hmm. obviously uh, has have an owner who's who's always said on record, I'm not changing the name of the team. That's just always yeah. been the name of the team. But at the yeah. end of the day. Now FedEx and Nike and all these people are like we're not going to sell your memorabilia. Oh, now yeah. we got to change the name right quick. Let's look. Let's look up some other nicknames. <laughs> what, how was it not offensive to you prior? Right? right. It's situations like this that I think like people should really kind of see through it. I can yeah. see through it. Like that you changing a name after your billion dollar corporation has been somehow threatened is more so about your bottom line as it is about yep. you know as it is about me or you getting justice or, or things getting fixed in this nation. yeah, because yeah. it doesn't affect you you know yeah. it doesn't affect them now saying that to also say this i don't believe that anything has or will be done through sports and here's why i say that right. because rich people who play sports or even rich people who who, who do music or rich people who do politics or uh -huh. rich people who do anything would do anything not concerned, at least in a great number, would not do yeah. anything that that affects their bottom line completely. That's right? true. That's so very true. If I'm going to stop 
playing football for three years, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think anybody would do. Anybody, right. <laughs> right. Any, anybody, anybody with a lucrative contract is going to just stop playing for three years. But right. if they were to do that, um, how much of their bottom line is going to be affected? And that's going to really play a big mm-hmm. part in what their participation is when it comes down to getting justice or, or, or backing a movement. Yep. You know, now I'm not saying that they're not out there, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is Colin Kaepernick is one. And I don't know how many that right. have risked his career to, you know, not right. necessarily be a part of something so he could stand for a greater situation. Exactly. Exactly. That's very so, true. Yeah. So, so what's, so what's the deal, Ms. Ms. Miracle? So what's the deal with, uh, or or how do you see us moving forward? What do you think will work for us going forward? I just, I, I preach it all day. Like anybody who knows me knows I am a love bug. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. I just am really big on like showing the love and love of God anywhere and everywhere I go. I don't care who you are. I don't care what our differences are. You know, I love you. I love you period. Like I don't have to know you to love you. And so for me personally, because I believe love conquers hate and will always conquer hate. As long as we let, you know, don't let the darkness overcome the light. That's the only way we can move forward. We cannot let people pit us against each other continuously as they have done so many years before. And so I think it's just really important for us to come together now more than ever and continue to, you know, show that we're a unified front instead of like some people are unified, other people aren't, but they're all saying the same uh, thing. They all want the common goal. It's Mm -hmm. great to want a common goal, but at the end of the day, you need to strategize. You have to uh, come together and come up with a plan. Regardless, put your differences aside. I don't care who you are, whether you're an ally, whether you're part of the minority, whether you're pro-Black Lives Matter, or if you want to change the movement altogether. I don't care who you are, but if we all have a common goal, all those differences should not matter. It should not be, oh, well, you believe this version and I believe this version so we can't work together. No, we need to sit down, shut up, educate ourselves, come up with the actual plan that's going to work that we won't stop doing. You know, we can't just protest for a couple of days uh, and then stop, but just continue to protest, continue to vote accordingly, um, you know, and continue to educate ourselves, educate our youth, um, continue to have programs that combine police officers and, and youth academies, which is something I've been thinking about doing for a while to just get that aspect of community policing back. Cause I know back in Virginia, that's mm-hmm. something that helped me uh, growing up because I grew up in predominantly a uh, white neighborhood, but I went to a predominantly black school, which is really weird. But um, right. we had the officers, they all knew us by name. You know, it was very rare that anything happened in, in the neighborhood uh, in terms of, you know, leading to a detriment. And so, yeah, like, you know, little crimes happened and it, Nobody got hurt at the end of the day because the police officers literally knew us by name. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, I remember I got called the police on for something stupid, but the officer, he, he laughed. We chopped it up real quick and he was like, uh, don't worry about them. You're fine. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, go on about your day. Just be careful. And right. that was that. So I think, you know, getting back to things like that would help our communities 
And I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, only black officers should police black communities. I don't necessarily think that's true either. I just think getting to know the people that you're serving and stop thinking that you're above them would help Mm -hmm. a lot and just kind of reform all the way around. I know that's going to take years and years and years and years, but that's why we have to start the work now. Continue to reform and implement social policies because the government is corrupt at the end of the day. We all know this. And it has changed over time to something that's not, there's no such thing as checks and balances anymore. We need to amend the constitution because last I checked, I don't even think black people are still considered a whole person. I think they're still considered three fifths of a person or something crazy. Um, So just stuff like that, it needs to be amended. It needs to be reformed and just continue to do your due diligence at the end of the day. Like that's sure, I'm, I'm a full person. I'm a full 230 pound man. Yeah, I wish somebody would come out half a person. What? Exactly. I don't know what half a person is if I run into you. You know, you won't be feeling that then. But now that I advocate that kind of action. But hey, you know, because there's something there's something I did want to talk to you about. Something yes. I wanted to kind of, you know, you know, mm-hmm. swing, swing, you know, swing a little bit of the door, you know, a different way. Yes. Uh, I know you were speaking about faith, right? And I was having yeah. a very, very intriguing conversation mm-hmm. with a very close friend of mine. And what we mm-hmm. were talking about, we were talking about the institution of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how it's really not as important as it used to be. And not because marriage itself isn't important, right. but because often we as people get caught in this uh, in this wave right right of all right let's you know let's get married let's have a big wedding mm-hmm. let's go all this stuff now i'm going to tell you what i believe okay i'm going to use the male perspective right quick okay and I, and I don't speak for all men i speak for myself when i say this yes and may, maybe there are some group of men who might who might believe what i believe and some who don't mm-hmm. i don't believe that a big ceremony is necessary right i'm a firm believer that that's more so for making the dream come true mm-hmm. for your future wife okay? yes Yes, I I don't believe in that because I know plenty of people who've gotten married and they're you know and had big weddings and famous mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and divorce within four years. Yeah, some people divorce even faster than that. Yeah, and I think that the the pageantry of a wedding, right? Yeah, really can sometimes doom the idea of it all, especially yeah. when you're seeing these 20, 40, 50, 60 grand weddings, right? <laughs> Jesus. And people are legit taking a house down payment to yes. make the idea of a marriage come true. Yes. Now, as a man, I think that's more of something to appease to a woman. That's yes. we, we, we really as men, I, I mean, not not all, but obviously I feel like we as men don't really care that much right. about what that looks like. That pageantry doesn't mean anything to us. <laughs> that's more right. so far away. You know, I, how, what is your what is your uh, view on that. I know, obviously, you're a Christian. I'm a Christian as well. But what yes. is your view on that version of marriage and how marriage has now become more of like a a thing to check off your box? Because hey, maybe I'm a little too old. I want to make sure and say I've done that. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the idea of marriage. And I think a lot of people, and I know I'm guilty of it too. A lot of people um, think marriage is the wedding. It's, it's just the wedding day and the honeymoon. They don't actually think of marriage as a lifelong commitment and something that you actually have to work towards. The same way that you had to work in a relationship prior to getting engaged is the same way you have to continue to work to stay married. So marriage has nothing to do with a wedding day. It's 
great. You know, it's a nice tradition and all, but at the end of the day, that is not what solidifies your marriage. And, um, I say I'm guilty of this because I literally have my whole wedding planned out in my phone. My, my husband, my marriage planner, uh, uh, my wedding planner won't have any way to say they don't know what I want or how to do it because I literally have all the pictures. I have the ring picked out. I have it all planned out. However, I have role models to look up to in front of me who show me what a marriage uh, is supposed to be. Marriage is hard work. Marriage is not just, okay, this is a great, you know, big shindig and we're going to live happily ever after because that's not realistic. Marriage is a covenant. It's a, it, it, you know, it says it in the Bible, uh, man that findeth, findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. And, you know, that's something that I preach to myself all the time, because a lot of people don't realize you have to live in your purpose and you have to already be a wife before you can be asked to be a wife. And that might go over a lot of people's heads, but you have to place yourself in that position before you can get the proposition, period. And all right, so, so all y'all women who want to get married, I think y'all need to pay attention <laughs> to what you just said. All you married ones who are already out there being married and, and happy and those who don't necessarily want to be married, that's cool too. But mm-hmm. you know, for all those out there who want to be married, right? A little bit of what she said, if not all, because I'm not going to speak of it from my perspective, because as a man, I don't think you want to know what my thoughts are about <laughs> you doing what you do. Because I just, just me. Listen to the woman. Listen to listen to your fellow female, man. She knows what she's telling. You know, it sounds right to me, but you know, you, you t- pick and choose what you want. But still, that right there, there is, is is major. I think it's uh it's big because I think like I really do think this. I think that like you said, there's so much put on the idea of you know, um, let's let's have this formality, right? This mm-hmm. this formality, right? Because uh, it, I think we we've been traditionally raised to believe that. Now that right. the institution of marriage is a sacred institution. It is, mm-hmm. like you said, beyond the honeymoon, beyond the, you know, beyond the actual ceremonies, right. you know, beyond that. But I feel right. like I, my parents have been married for, let me see, I'm 31, mm-hmm. 27, 28 years, right? Wow. Yeah. And they, and they didn't have a major ceremony. They went to the justice of the peace. Right. You know, so, so, you know, just, I think people just need to realize your love isn't, you know, isn't the ceremony. It isn't none of that no, stuff. No, not it's, at all. <laughs> happens after the fact right it's all the all that so, exactly exactly you know, so closing the book on that part yeah. let's open up another book okay. <laughs> all right, let's open up another, <laughs> another another conversation that i Go think needs it. to be you know that i think that you would probably be pretty pretty well versed in mm-hmm. all right so now you you know do you consider yourself an activist so to speak um in some ways yes okay so I was watching this show and it's on Hulu. If anybody wants to go check it out, it's called hate thy neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's this, uh, comedian from Britain and his mm-hmm. name is like things like Jamali or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he visits all these hate groups. Right. Mm-hmm. He visits like all of like a lot of them, like, you know, the, yeah. uh, black Israelites, you know, neo-Nazis, you name them, you know, socialist movements, all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I realized I was like laying in bed and I was watching it and, and uh, I was just like kind of like thinking in my head, like, dude, like a lot of these movements started out with people who think that they're act like they're activists of some sort. Right. Right. 
Right. Like, like, like the like there's like a, things like NSM or something like that. And, uh-huh. and one of the members of the NSM on the show uh, lived in Ohio and he lived next to this pastor who adopted two black children and all this other stuff. The yeah. pastor invited them in, they had dinner, they, you know, enjoyed themselves. But uh-huh. that guy thought himself to be an activist because he was activate, he, he was, uh, act, you know, activize, I guess, or, or supporting the idea of nationalism uh-huh. and they all, but they all shared one thing. They all shared that they believe that we shouldn't mix. Yeah. Like even the black Israelites, they were like, no, don't ever go to bed with a white woman and you know, whatever right. the case. Is. Right. Like where do, where do you stand with your version of activism? Like what type of activism are you are you, you know, a part of or do mm-hmm. you subscribe to or do you uh pursue to be? So that's a good question, because I never actually thought about it that way. I consider this idea of activism being active exactly what it says and so for me that looks like you know changing the world in a very radical way like anybody who knows me knows I'm a very radical person I'm like destroy it all and rebuild it Mm -hmm. like I will any day like uh my my job prime example they ask for feedback and I tell them start over (laughs) literally Mm -hmm. I say Take it all down and start over because that's my feedback. Like I'm, uh, I'm a major radical individual and anything that I say comes from a lens of observation. I'm very observant. And so if I see something that's not working and, you know, a lot of people try to take things that they feel have been working and keep it going, i.e. democracy hasn't been working for a very long time. However, we still have it. And mm-hmm. so you know, my version of activism is being active and diligent in seeking uh, knowledge, first of all, because I'm not going to do anything or go into anything ignorant, but also operating from a place of love and um, just knowing that anytime that I give somebody feedback or anytime that I go into a situation, it's coming from a, a positive place and I'm not for division. So anytime th- I talk to people is from a place of unification. And so I'm very active in my community in uh, making sure, you know, the youth raise up to be the next generation of powerful influencers and, you know, they're educated the right way because you know there's a wrong way to educate and a right way to educate but we're that Mm -hmm. that's a whole topic for another time um but you know making sure they're educated in the right way and just really instilling positive uh messages and being a positive role model for those who are watching me and depend on me and look up to me and all those things so to me that's what activism should be but you know some people kind of take to extreme like i say i'm a radical but i'm a radical on the you know, good side of things, whereas other people might be radical and they think their way is right. It's their way or the highway. I'm not for that. I'm here for all perspectives. I'm here for collaborating with folks. I'm here for the intermingling and mixing. I'm here for it. I I just, I don't know, the extremist activist movements and things of such, I couldn't get with. Right, <laughs> I right. couldn't get with. And, and I don't blame you. You're right. There, There was a portion of the show when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy was like, hey, you know, you know, I, I you know, I, I believe, you know, there's more important people to, you know, that are black that we can highlight. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, who? Mind you, this is the white supremacist saying this. Right. right? And he was like DMX. 
I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute, what? I, listen, now, now, I grew up, you know, listening to a little bit of DMX, all right? Yeah. <laughs> my listeners, probably a lot of people out there who are DMX fans. And then when you go watch this show, you're going to be surprised. Uh, like, Because you, you're going to be like, I don't think this guy's really what he thinks he might be. I think yeah. he might have an idea what he might feel, but I don't think he feels about it the way he thinks he does, right? Right. So, you know, he has he he gets captured in the conversation and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. and you know, and come to find out, he has two mixed children with his ex wife who was half Indian, right? Wow, yeah. And he was explaining to him, he was like, "Look, man, uh, you know, those children, according to what you believe, even though they mm-hmm. are your children, they would be considered like from what you believe, they wouldn't be important because they don't have mm-hmm. they're not a full white blood." you know right. we're pure right. black blood or whatever and he goes right. well you know and come to find out when you kind of look at it, you kind of see him thinking about like dang maybe i need to change the way i think <laughs> yeah like, now i'm one of the people that believe once a race is always a racist yeah that's just me i don't think that's something that you can shake from one yeah, conversation kind of hard <laughs> uh, I, I think that's something that has to be changed through you know actual life experience and more yeah. than just one and that's for anybody. Now, Absolutely. now, I also seen there's a little bit of a difference in how, you know, the black supremacists on that show were participating mm-hmm. with, with the people that they hated, which would have been white people. Right. And I'm not, and, and I don't. Once again, people, I do not agree with racism. I don't think that it should be continuing on or going on from any person. Right. Right. However, this was it wasn't it was funny to me. I found it a little <laughs> bit of entertaining because it was ridiculous. Because it was ridiculous. <laughs> right so they were you know so the so the host of this show uh comes from vice like he, he's he's mixed he's black and white right yeah um you know the whites were telling him hey you know you can't come in here and sit with us mm-hmm. you know if you, do, you know we don't we don't want to say anything will happen da, 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 da. that was the white yeah. supremacy the black supremacy they did a little bit of the same thing but they start checking them hey come on in they start giving them a pat down and all that asking yeah. what his heritage was and when they went to a rally Man, they were standing up there and they were like, man, they were like, hey, yeah, you white people, you need to bow down and, oh, and what your ancestors did. And like, it was like, man, he was just going in on these guys. I said, man, that is so different. Right. That but <laughs> there's a point where psychologically you start realizing, OK, they don't they're only feeling this way because of oppression. Right. Yes. Yes. And because they felt oppressed, they felt the need to turn to this type mm-hmm. of individual. They didn't just like wake up one day and be, you know, and we're yeah. talking. They've seen enough mm-hmm. injustice in their life to where they felt that way. Right. Exactly. And then they, they were using the Bible to back it up and they, they were just doing, you know, they're doing whatever they were going to do. Yeah. So, you know, and I realized something the white supremacy mm-hmm. didn't exist for a righteous, I wouldn't even, I don't want to even call this a righteous reason. It didn't really have yeah. a rhyme or reason. It no. just existed because someone believed I'm better than you because. Period. <laughs> right and and the black supremacist was like really like retroactively responding to it now it's not correct one way or another and i I don't want to beat you know the racehorse to death but i think that they were just really responding to it and one of the guys said the only way only way for us to beat white supremacy is to have black supremacy (laughs) and i was kind of like okay that's different okay i want to be down with what you're talking about but i I don't want to be down with what you're talking about to that effect right 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 exactly like like i want i want to believe uh that there's some good in 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 the things that you're saying but i don't want to believe that there's some good in what you're saying to that degree you know like 
I don't yeah. believe that because I'm black, I'm better than you. I think what makes me yeah. better than you is the work that I put in, et cetera, et cetera. Right, exactly. However, I I do have a little bit of antagonist in me where <laughs> I like to antagonize people who have a certain thought pattern about blacks. I do. Or minorities right. too. Like, yeah. if, you, if you think I'm stupid, allow me to show you how not stupid I am. Yeah, right? Okay. Yes, like, sir. Let me, let me prove to you how I'm not what you think I am. Right. How you're more, more of what you think I am than I am. That's just kind right. of a piece of who I am as a person. I like that. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just something that comes to me. But that's, <laughs> that's something I think that we should all watch. If you have opportunity to watch Hate Thy Neighbor on Hulu, yeah. it's brought to you by Vice. Go watch that. Enjoy it. Watch it all the way through. You'll see some really weird stuff and you'll start kind of feeling <laughs> like, what in the world do we got out here? Because there's some slippery slopes out here. And this is why I mean my people hijack hijacking mm-hmm. the, you know hijacking the movements right yeah you yeah. have someone who might have had an idea of mm-hmm. saying hey let's let's come together as a nation and then yes. you had someone come in and pervert that idea and go okay well yeah who runs the nation okay well well yeah. most of our nation leaders are white and so yeah. let's twist that and that's another thing yeah like in sweden there was this car thing on the show mm-hmm. still in the same show and okay. they were at this car show and it was a racist car show right uh-huh. and they had confederate flags on their back in sweden Lord. and i'm looking like what do you know about the confederacy that's, yeah <laughs> that's, yeah <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't even understand that <laughs> like, like, like like that that is a that is a full on you know uh american ideology yeah like where did you get that from but that goes that just showed me that they were taught that yeah they don't know that they don't understand what that and maybe they can right. read up on it but they really don't understand what no. that flag is about and what those people were about no right. you just have it because you saw other people have it and now you want it and you know wave the flag high and now you look ignorant but whatever right right but to them it's a oh it's a symbol of uh, what because some people here say it's a symbol of heritage for them yeah. so you know is how is that a part of your heritage if you're swedish i don't you know yeah no correlation whatsoever can't really put the two together but yes it's still a very very interesting show and very entertaining uh if if not for anything for education and for laughs yeah i want to see it now because that's interesting i never heard of it until now hate (laughs) thy neighbor hate thy neighbor and it's funny because you know the host starts really ousting people (laughs) about their beliefs and he, yeah. he'll start talking to him like he went to Israel and there was a guy there who's a terrorist and who hated gay people. And, you know, and, wow. and, and he started really, you know, kind of speaking yeah. to that guy. And, you know, so it's just a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just go out and I'm not going to run it down for y'all. this question. <laughs> But yeah. Now, now, what, now, what was one of the topics that you wanted to touch on? Because I know you said there's, there's a couple things you want to touch on. What did you want to touch on? Um, that's a good question. Um, there's so much happening and going on always. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know. Like we, (laughs) we talk about so much on a daily basis and it's just, my mind goes a a mile a minute. But, um, one thing, uh, you had said something earlier that really stuck out to me and it is it's not crossing my mind at the moment, but also, also I've bored you to death now. I didn't probably no, ramble. No, no. <laughs> how, how my listeners feel, right? They're like, hey, bro, what's going on? no, 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 no. It was something you had said while you were talking about the hate thy neighbor, and you know, 
my mind goes and comes in and then yeah it's just a lot my mind works weird but um one thing I do uh want to talk about going back to the marriage situation just a fun little uh a topic that I've been asking people okay so brace yourself because I don't think I actually don't think I asked you this I sent out this poll right I was doing a, a social experiment of sorts Okay. And um, I sent out a poll and said, would you marry me? I had a picture of a ring on my finger and sent it out to a bunch of people saying, would you marry me? Mm-hmm. And so surprisingly, everybody said yes. Right. Mm-hmm. However, the thing that got me was you're OK to saying yes to marrying me. Mm-hmm. But you some of these people are the same people who were not okay saying yes to dating me. So my thing is, how can you marry somebody without actively dating them? And just because you know me doesn't give you a right to say yes, because you don't, again, going back to that whole idea of, you know, you don't know all that marriage entails. You actually have to work for that. And in that, once you're, you know, committed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting to me. So I, I started asking a couple folks, uh, uh, married, not married, single, whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, do you get this logic? Why would somebody say yes to marrying me? A lot of, most of them knew me. So it's not like they didn't know me. It's not strangers. Um, right. And however, if it was a strangers, most likely, cause they were like, oh, you're cute. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I disregarded those because I'm like, that's not the premise of the question. It's based on knowing me, would you marry me? And right. everybody said yes. But however, why is it that you're so quick to say yes to that but you would not date the same person you're saying yes to marry. I I thought that was such an interesting uh, correlation because a lot of a lot of us are single or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yet, I know me personally, I I'm not dating anybody or anything till the good Lord tells me to. However these people that I ask are actively seeking and, uh, relationships long-term or whatever. And so I just, from a male perspective, mm-hmm. if you can try to break that down for me, because a lot of people were speechless when I asked them this question based off the ro- results that I found, what is the, the motive behind saying yes to something when you didn't put in the work to say yes to it in the first place? I'm going to kick it to you straight. And I'm glad you asked me. Uh, I don't speak for everybody. I speak for me. Yeah. And and what my thought pattern would be is they just trying to. Uh, <laughs> they're just trying to uh, uh, how do you say it? How do you say it clean? Because my mother listens. So I'm trying to make sure this is clean. A lot of guys are thinking with the wrong head. Okay. Mm, Wait, gotcha. That's just weird. That's the reality. So, yeah, yeah, gotcha. I'll marry you. Yeah, I'll marry you. Yeah. They're not talking about marrying you all the time. Right. They're talking about marrying that, an aspect of you. Right. So you want to, you know, kind of be careful with that. And then on top of that, to ask anybody online that, mm-hmm. you know, whether experimental or not, you know, people are going to answer how they normally yeah. would feel would be appealing not only to you, but also to them, you right. know, in terms of that question. Now, I personally right. would not answer a question like that. And you didn't, you right. didn't include me, and thank God you didn't, because I would just probably <laughs> move past it, because it's like none of my business, right? Like, no, nah, nah, we're not right. going to do that. But right. there's people there's people out there who may know you, who may be interested in you, and I think mm-hmm. you can give them a shot of, you know, dating you now to answer your question as far as why would someone say okay to that? I don't know, because people are backwards nowadays. <laughs> Very. 
that's backwards. Like I, you can't, you know, you can't marry somebody before you really date them. And I think that if you do, uh, you're setting yourself up for a hard road because there's so much exactly. more about a person that exists prior to marriage that you got to exactly. get. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, that's probably why. And like I said, thinking with the wrong head, that's one. That's answer number one. And right. answer number one A would be because they're backwards. Absolutely. And I love that you said that they're backwards because I literally had a conversation on one one of my episodes about relationships. And I said, um, this aspect of new age dating, I don't get it. I'm a very old school soul, regardless mm-hmm. of how old I may, you know, how old my birth certificate says in my head. I'm like 20 years plus that. You're 43. Okay. Yes. Yes. Very much so. So in my head, this new age dating, like I hate social media. I hate dating apps. I hate not meeting people in person. I hate, uh, I don't really like talking on the phone, but I like talking on the phone when I'm getting to know somebody in that romantic sense. But a lot of people don't like doing that. They rather text you. Um, and so for me, it's hard to date in this era because I'm like I like courting I like courtship I like chivalry I like all that good stuff you know but now like you said people are very backwards you know I act off of urges rather than feeling an emotion and that's not who I am like I'm a very emotional very intellectual person and if you're not stimulating me in that way then I can't really get with it so it's just a very interesting dynamic in this day and age because i i don't get the aspect of new age dating like i ask people like if you could break it down to me maybe i'm just you know kind of dumb i don't know (laughs) this this is the hookup generation yes and i'm not here for it it's it's, it's the hookup generation so let's check this out right Mm -hmm. so even and this is just the reality with this, the main problem is people forgot what made them special, right? Mm, yeah. And I'm not knocking my ladies out here. This is not solely for y'all, but also for men as well. But mainly, let's, let's focus mm-hmm. on the ladies part of this. Yeah. I can do what men can do because True. I have control of my own body. Okay, cool. Right. You are correct. You can do whatever you want to do, but don't right. lose what makes you special, right? Right. Don't lose what makes you special is that you are a woman and you are different from men. That right. makes you special. That makes you unique because mm-hmm. if that's if that if I wanted to be with a man, that's the, you know I will go to a different right. lane, right? Uh, <laughs> we strategically choose to date women because either a that's what we're that's what we're accustomed to, or b that's what yeah. we are attracted to. That's yep. the reality. So with that yep. being the case, what I explain to people is this: Look, this is the hookup generation. Okay, mm-hmm. now there are people who feel like they're outsiders because they you know, you know they choose to go to Christian Mingle mingle instead of going to yeah. uh whatever the hot new dating app might be today yeah. but that's just the way of the world yeah everything's about the quick hookup because now yeah. uh this is the age where people are free to explore themselves in a sexual manner mm-hmm. with whoever they like as many times as they like and they're told yeah. you can't be ash- you don't have to be ashamed of that right, right. that's right. what the world has been the world is turned into that and it's turned into okay well you don't need to be ashamed of what your choices are. You just make your choices and that's it. And no one should have anything to say about it. Right. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen who are listening. Okay. Um, as good as that sounds in a perfect sense, it's not reality. Okay. Someone's right. always going to have something to say about what you do and what you don't do. Period. <laughs> and you're going to have to come to terms with the idea, with the, with the facts that people have ideas that are outside of yours mm-hmm. and 
you got to just kind of, you know, set your situation up for what best works for you. Now, yeah. I'm not your God. I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So you can say right. or do whatever you want to do with yourself. But at the end of the day, I would tell people if you if you don't necessarily get down with this generation or what's going on, then it's cool for you to operate in your own sense. Operate on yeah. your own time. Yeah. Like, no one gets mad at that because eventually you grow out of that. When yeah. you get older, when you get older, yeah, you, you, you know, you'll see. You'll see exactly what I mean when you reach, you know, your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. Yeah. Life is so different within decades. Like, yeah. like at, me at 30 and my 30s is different from me at in my 20s. Right. It's completely different, which is which right. would be completely different for me in my teen years. So, you, you right. know, growth and maturity. So whatever the next movement will be, people will jump on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe you'll take that turn and go back to more, uh, more, you know, subtle type yeah. type uh uh, interactions between each other as opposed yeah. to more outright ones so yeah know, that's the reality yeah. of that. yeah it's 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 interesting and i think technology plays a big part in all that which again is another rabbit hole i'm not about to go down <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what though you're right because technology look all right so i'm a part yeah. of that that myspace generation right so like yes. <laughs> like i've been around long enough to remember no social media Mm-hmm. and current social media right mm-hmm. so i've experienced a lot of stuff there's people who now are what i would like what i like to say is in control of the cool you know the mm-hmm. cool the yeah. cool generation the cool kids the younger individuals the hip <laughs> people, people who make, you know hip a thing yes they weren't around for that so they don't right. know the interaction of interacting with a person they don't know the mm-hmm. do you like me yes or no check the box and slide okay. the <laughs> like you know that's something y'all y'all probably haven't got because now because now I mean what year did you graduate high school? Uh, what year did I graduate high school? Uh, twenty fifteen I think. All right, Jesus Christ! All right, so 2015, <laughs> That's not that far along. So twenty fifteen. <laughs> think about this. Twenty fifteen. Everyone had a cell phone. Yeah. Instagram was around. Yeah. DMs and all these all these things existed by twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So information was already at your at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Not only were you learning how to operate it, you were learning how to operate inside of life that is dependent on that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. social media has taught has taught, you know, this current generation and no offense to them mm-hmm. because there, there's, there are definitely great leaders who exist within that. Absolutely. But they've taught this current generation that. To, to it's better to be popular than to truly be that thing that you're imitating right that's true so yeah it's better to show people you're on vacation and you and the, instead of you enjoying the vacation <laughs> that is so true people will literally get a green screen and act like they're on vacation like, let, let me take five six pictures right. of me standing in this water right quick to look <laughs> like i'm enjoying the water then let me get out of the water like man look what like go enjoy your time like i please I've never grown up, you know, the time frame in which I've been a kid, you know, mm-hmm. or been a little bit younger, vacations were meant to go vacation. Right. If you took pictures, the pictures came back home, you hung them up in the house, yes. you know, as memories for your family. But yeah. now today's generation is more like, it's more so uh, information that you can share with everybody else. So let yeah. me show everybody how I'm doing yeah. as opposed to really doing it, right? Let me yeah. show you the high points. And I right. think that that's a very dangerous way of mm-hmm. thinking when people yeah. really take that as gospel yeah absolutely like i know 
growing up, we had Polaroids. We kept those Polaroids. I still have a bunch of them. I have the film from, from the disposable camera still. Like, I have all that stuff. I, I didn't even get a phone till I don't know. But <laughs> the way I was raised was very old school. So I had the best of both worlds of seeing technology evolve because I was in a, a little bit of a later generation, but also having older brothers who, you know, uh, I think we're six years apart or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. being around them, I got to learn a lot from them and see, you know, the way they did things. I'm used to uh I, I was a part of that writing notes and, you know, getting feedback from whoever my crush was. I was a part of that. Uh, AOL Instant Ma- Messenger came out sometime during my middle school years or something. And that got me in a lot of trouble. Good Lord. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I had the best of both worlds of, you know, seeing it evolve, not being so consumed in technology and, you know, actually enjoying the outdoors and going hiking and going all these different places without having the pressure of people always looking at what am I doing? Um, and mm. to this day, I think that's why I'm such a private person when it comes to social media. Like I'll post pictures just to post pictures because I have one, but when it comes to like stuff I'm doing, I'm very strategic about what I post when I post and all that stuff. Cause I don't like people in my business. And I think, like you said, that's, that's a downfall to the evolution of technology and social media and all that good stuff. So you should, you should very well be careful with who you share your information with. Yeah. Um, Any, any, like, like at any given time in your life, you don't share all your information. I I personally don't like, like posting pictures of my kids. I love my children. I really do. But, you know, I do post them on my social media from time to time, but there's sickos in this world. As well, right. you know, just as well as people have learned to make money on social media, right. learn to you know do all these things and get popular off social media. There's also a a clutch of people who don't deserve to have a social media, right. and they use it to prey on people. And that's that's mm-hmm. that's my biggest fear. So I just be like, nah, I'm good. So yeah. that's me. But you know, yeah. say, saying all that to say this, uh, no matter what generation you come from, no matter mm-hmm. if like if you're like Miracle who grew up after you know, the dial-up age, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they still had dial-up. there's people right. who, still, who still operate in those ways. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you have to just know when you can and can't, you know, when to say no, yeah. when to say enough is enough, when yeah. to not post anything, when to post something. Like it's yeah. all a part of the game. So um, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the trick. That's the trick. Um, <laughs> having moderation, moderation is a trick. Yeah. So now Miss Miracle. Mm-hmm. Because today is a wonderful day, and yeah. I do think that our listeners have done a very great uh, job sitting tight with us as long as they have. <laughs> right? Yes, they yes, listen. they have. <laughs> tell, them, tell them where they can meet, where they can see you at, or where they can catch you at. The name of your programming and everything like that. Absolutely. So, y'all, bear with me because this is a mouthful that I'm about to tell y'all. <laughs> so, you can follow me on Instagram in three ways. The first is my personal page, which is yours underscore truly. And that's Y-O-U-R-Z underscore T-R-H-U-L-Y. The second is my business page, which is Trooper LLC, which is T-R-U-E-P-E-R-L-L-C. And then lastly, which is the longest, is trulybeautiful.pc, which is spelled T-R-U-E-L-Y-B-E 
Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L dot P-C. If you are interested in, you know, being featured or, you know, just connecting or chatting, email me at trooperinc at gmail.com. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And also, uh, my organization is hosting our first ever virtual event on Facebook Live, July 12th, 6 p.m. Central. So follow me at Miracle Deja on Facebook to tune into that. All right, all right, all right. And also, Miss uh, Miss Miracle, you do definitely have uh, a wonderful podcast. If y'all have opportunity to check out, check out our podcast, please do so. Available on all streaming services, including Radio One, Apple Music, yes, Spotify. Did I miss any any major ones there? Um, no, I think you you hit them. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> That's great. Now, <laughs> so, also before we get out of here, I want to take time to shout out all of our uh, black owned businesses out there. Thank y'all very much yes, for what sir. you do. Um, especially can't stop my grind, which is one of my, uh, friends and one of the, one of the many people who support this channel. Thank you very much for what you do. Yes. Barrel, shout out to those guys as well, who also support this channel and also, um, anybody who's out there saving lives on the front line during this Absolutely. pandemic. Thank you very much. And also, Mr. Own the CEO with Own It Enterprises. Thank you. Uh, thank you as well for being a supporter and being on the front lines and still yes. creating, having a wonderful business. So shout out to all of you. Thank you all very much for tuning in to Ivy Knows Best. As always, it's me, your host, Eric Ivy, along with Miss Miracle. Thank you very yes. much. And be on the lookout. We have some we have some very creative coming out soon. <laughs> as well. And also, before we go, let's get let's get justice. For Brianna Taylor, all this has been great. Yes. But hopefully, let's get that. Let's get that out of there. Okay. Yes. All right. Once again, it's Ivy knows best, man. Appreciate y'all.